Okay. Yeah, uh, just a summary, remember, uh, as, we progressed, uh, uh, as we progressed in the Orthodox Catechism, we learned about uh, what a mediator is, who our mediator is, okay? And uh, the question arises is, did Christ, uh, his, his uh, work, his atonement, okay, his mediation, did it apply to all of mankind? And our, our answer is uh, only to those who have faith, right? Who have faith. And uh, what is this faith? That's the question. And so we go back to question 21. And that kind of puts me where I am in the Orthodox Catechism. Who, who is there? Can you read question uh, 20 and 21 again? Anybody can read question 20. Question 20. Is then salvation restored by Christ to all men perished in Adam? The answer, not at all, but to those only who by true faith are grafted into or united with him. Okay, so only those who have faith. So question 21, uh, Brian or uh, Crystal. What is faith? of Christ alone. So this is our, our knowledge, ascending, believing, and trusting the work of Christ. That is faith. So what do we have faith in, right? So in Christ and all his work, and also all the truth that is laid down in the scripture for us about Christ, about God, about his work, about his redemption, and about his work uh, in, in saving us. So that is summarized in the Apostles' Creed. That's how we got here, okay? And the Apostles' Creed, uh, I can't remember what question, but we've been going uh, one by one on those articles. That's how we got here. So in the Apostles' Creed, we went through God as the Father Almighty and Jesus uh, also. Uh, uh, there's three of us, If in case you're new here, there's three of us uh, teaching this. We're just going one article to article in this section of the Orthodox Catechism. And then uh, the Holy Spirit, I think, was last, uh, part of it was last week, if I believe, right? Or uh, maybe just still Christ, right? I'm sorry, still Christ, right? So, in the Apostles' Creed, just by remind, uh, a reminder, if you can memorize it, I would encourage you to memorize it, right? It's a summary of our faith. Okay. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell, rose again from the dead on the third day, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, who will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Okay. So now, this is where we are. After your lesson last week, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate. That is our topic today. Okay? So, what does it mean when Christ suffered? Okay. Uh, this is part of his office. Right, part of his uh, office or his work. Uh, we see God the Son uh, in His redemptive, redemptive work. Okay, part of the redemptive work. We saw His birth. We saw His possibly His growing up, His life as He walked and taught and uh, assembled His uh, apostles. Right. And uh, he, he, he walked on earth and uh, healed many uh, uh, people with their afflictions, with their infirmities. He uh, uh, delivered them from the demons, right? All that. Now we are faced with this work that is directly, directly associated okay, uh, to the redemptive work of Christ. Okay, not, not that the others are not, but this one is, is in direct relation to his uh, atonement. Okay? So, uh, as we shall see, uh, we speak of the humiliation of Christ, where he was laid humble, he suffered. Okay. The first part of, of, of this, uh, uh, of this uh, line of, of uh, discourse towards redemption. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. So, if you notice, the passion and suffering of Christ is placed immediately after his, that article about his conception and his, uh, his uh, birth, the nature of his birth. Uh, born of the Virgin Mary, right? And uh, conceived of the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, all of a sudden, he... Uh, the article presents us the passion or suffering of Christ immediately. And why do you think that is? Okay. I, I have, we don't have a, a, a direct answer <laughs> that uh, somebody uh, uh, conceived of, but why do you think that is right after conception? Very good. You see the connection there? Okay. Uh, the birth of Christ is directly related to his human nature, right? He was born. And then, now we are suffering, okay? The question in your mind is, uh, can, can God suffer as a, as the div in, in his divinity? Can he suffer? 
we had a whole, a whole, almost a whole uh, Sunday school about that, right? He doesn't. That that's under the impassibility of Christ, right? I think was it Des, Pastor Desmond or Pastor Carl uh, taught about that. He doesn't. He he doesn't have a potential. Uh, we talked about the simplicity of Christ, meaning he is uh, of, of God. He is God. He is perfect. Okay. There is no potential, meaning he can go uh, from one state to another, right? That he can go from a potential, meaning he has the potential to be perfect. Then he becomes perfect. He's not. He's always perfect. So suffering goes under that. Did he suffer and not suffer? Right? As uh, in his divinity. Okay? So we say no in his divinity. But now we are presented with his humanity. Christ's humanity. Uh, so it makes perfect sense that you know, these two are connected. His birth and his suffering. Make sense? Okay. Questions? Okay. Okay. Because our entire salvation consists of passion and death as well. Okay. It becomes the highlight. It becomes the center. That's one other reason. Why? Because his whole life was uh, uh, continued in suffering and uh, privation, meaning uh, loss of things, okay? So now your mind is probably, uh, I hope you're not teetering that, okay, he is God and he is human. If he is God, fully God, why suffer, why loss, okay? So that's a good thing, because that's probably the thinking we want to be until uh, and the end will satisfy us. Uh, hopefully, the, the end of this discussion will satisfy us, okay? Uh, okay, there are so many things which may, uh, which we, we can observe in this uh, line of thinking, in the history of the life of Christ spent on earth, and then these were written by the eyewitnesses, and they were recorded. Just like, uh, I won't go into this deeper, that is uh, historically, okay, in our records as well, even uh, from the perspective of uh, the non-Christian, uh, there is ample evidence that Christ resurrected, okay? I won't go into that in detail, but it, it's, it's uh, when it's disputed, uh, it, it's, it comes out that, yes, there was a man who resurrected, okay? And therefore, also, eyewitnesses of his suffering, okay? Uh, it is true that he suffered. Especially in these days of modern age, age of cancellation, right? We cancel history, we rewrite history. Uh, let's, let's, all I can say about that, I don't know how we would do it. There's probably a lot of, of courses out there how we do it, how we, Apolog apologetically uh, stand firm that Christ suffered, okay. but we know it is true. Okay. And I would probably think uh, that we can prove that easily. Okay. So, but then, that this does not only prove his suffering, uh, his resurrection does not only prove that uh, he is the promised Messiah. Okay. It was a promise by the prophets, right? 
in the Old Testament. And uh, we know now, we can, looking back, that he has fulfilled the office of the Messiah. But when it, when it comes to suffering, and in his resurrection, suffering, there is a special thing about that that we can categorize uh, uh, that is apart from what uh, the office of the prophet, office of the priest, and office of, uh, office of, uh, of, of the king. Uh, but they're all in there because he is the son of God. And he has this, uh, he has this special mission, mandate, right? And what is that? Uh, his obedience to Christ, uh, to, to his father. Okay? He has all this office, but this is suffering. Look at the suffering as in, in relation to his obedience to his father. Okay? That is part of his office, as I said, prophet, priest, and king, PPK. Right? But uh, there's a, another category that we look at it differently. Look at it specially. Look at it uh, as, as unique to all his work, his obedience to Christ, okay? Son, go over there. Let yourself be whipped. Wear the crown of thorns, okay? And uh, bear this cross, get nailed to the cross, okay? Stumble a couple times for me, and I want you to obey me. Okay, that's the picture, picture of obedience. If you were, uh, if that was an earthly son, you know, why would you let me do that? Why would a loving father do that? So that I'm pointing out the uniqueness of this role, the uniqueness of this work of Christ. Okay, okay. So, <clears throat> so those things which are to be considered in relation to the suffering of Christ properly belongs to that context that I've been telling you. Okay, obedience to God. Okay, it, it also belongs to his uh, work as the priest. Okay, it all stems from there, but this one is special that way. So, so it, uh, it does, we all have been, uh, what I told you, uh, the wonderful events, all these uh, events connected to his suffering and uh, the benefits of his suffering and uh, the example which Christ has furnished us, taught us, is teaching us that we too must enter into glory through suffering okay so that's a perspective that you have to put in, uh, in your mind when, we, when Peter talks about suffering in his article uh, in his uh, epistles okay and uh, in obedience to Christ uh, so <clears throat> in this uh, lesson we would uh, try to understand the term passion and uh, what it was that Christ suffered. Another one is whether he suffered according to both nature. Okay. To nature, divine nature, and human nature. 
And uh, what was the cause of his suffering? You probably know that by now, but nevertheless, I'll mention it. And then what was the final cause? The final cause or uh, the end game, okay? Uh, we call it final result, but for uh, philosophy calls it final causes, okay? Final cause. And the fruit of the suffering. There's some nuances there that we need to uh, figure out, okay? The final cause and the fruit of the suffering. They might be the same, but from a different perspective, you can emphasize one or the other, okay? <clears throat> so, what are included in the passion of Christ and the suffering of Christ? He's, he, he, he lived how many years? He lived as, as, as human here on earth. How many years? 33 years. Okay. What in his life is included, are included in the, his passion, in his suffering? <clears throat> okay. This is for you to answer. We, we know the cross, of course. Okay. That's the focus, the very focus. Okay. That's the closing act. We know that. Well, what else? Should we include when we say in the Apostles' Creed, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and died, was buried. Okay. Okay, I see what's tempted. Okay. That's uh, one highlight. Okay. The betrayal. Yeah. Ooh, that hurt, right? Separation from God, like in the, the garden. Separation from God and the garden, uh, very key. Okay, those are two. We should include those. What else? He was mocked. He was mocked. Have you ever been mocked before? Okay. Scorn, right? Uh, and the scuffers. It hurts. Anything else? Okay. <clears throat> Has your character been attacked one time or another? Okay. He knew what it meant uh, for, you know, a human to lose somebody. Okay. Good. Yeah, those are included. So, we are to understand the whole humiliation, the humility, okay? The, the lowliness of someone who is oppressed, okay? The humiliation of Christ or the obedience of, of his whole humiliation, all the miseries, infirmities, griefs, torments, okay, the, uh, the attack to which he was subject for our sake, from the moment of his birth even to the hours of his death, as well in the soul as in body. Of course, the principal part 
of all this sorrow and anguish, that's a good word, anguish, we should not minimize the, the, this uh, suffering just because we too suffer the same thing. We shouldn't trivialize Christ's suffering. Okay? It is agony. Okay? His sorrows and anguish were the torments of soul in which he felt and endured the wrath of God against the sins of all. Okay, as Brian has pointed. Oh, by the way, all my material just for, uh, is taken from the exposition of uh, Orsinus, okay, the, uh, one of the authors, principal author of uh, the Heidelberg Catechism. So, <clears throat> by the term passion, however, we are to understand chiefly the closing scene, the final act in which he suffered extreme torments, body and soul. In, uh, we could, uh, the, uh, our scripture says, my soul is exceedingly, exceeding sorrowful, exceeding sorrowful even unto death. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Eli, Eli, Lima, Sabachthani. Why have you forsaken me? Have you ever uh, seen movies or encountered somebody disowning a child? Right? Yeah. In my opinion, you know, physical hurt from uh, uh, to an abused child or, or whatever. Uh, I'm not pointing anybody here. Just just for discussion. But if you say, if I don't, I don't know you, to your son. Okay, you're not my son anymore. I think that 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 breaks somebody's spirit. Okay, it just doesn't break the body; it breaks the spirit. Okay, don't know exactly that's one to one to what uh, Christ has suffered, but uh, he he has that anguish. Okay, Eli Eli Lima Sabatani. Okay, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So. Again, I hope we don't trivialize that uh, suffering of Christ. Surely he has borne our griefs. Okay? This is Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. There's again that uh, obedience scenario. Okay? It pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased, your father pleased bruising his son. So what therefore did Christ suffer? The loss, privation, destitution of the joy. Together with all those good things. As, as God that he might have enjoyed. He put that down. What he deserved. Everything that he deserved. Okay. One, all the infirmities of the nature. Except for one. What is it? All, our, all that we have done, all the infirmities, except for one. He did not sin, right? Let's just put that in mind. He hungered, he thirsted, he was fatigued, he was, he was sad. That's what Michelle pointed. He grieved, etc. So he, he uh, did not uh, get all the all the wants, all, okay? Uh, 
that he deserved all the you know the uh, the goodness in life as you would uh, say Matthew 8:20 says the son of man has not where to lay his head right it comforts so infinite injuries reproaches okay treacheries who said that betrayals <clears throat> and uh, the the effect of envy, the effect of slanders, the effect of blasphemy, okay, rejections, contempt. And uh, the temptation of the devil. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And the most reproachful of the death, okay, agonizing, even that of the cross was so what as we've mentioned is being abandoned. Feeling that abandonment from the Father. Okay. It was this that caused him to exclaim upon the cross what was said. Why have you forsaken me? So the takeaway there, as far as understanding, it is, is unique, the suffering. Okay? There's a, a big difference. Go ahead. That's what I think. I think it's important to bring out and to remember as well, when you talk about the, you know, the, the divine nature and the human nature, we realize that the Trinity cannot be torn apart. So um, in, in that sense, the second person of the Trinity is not... Separated from, from God. Christ God. Um, but in his human nature, you think about the, uh, being forsaken. This is, yeah. it, it's, it's in a line of sort of a redemptive uh, acts. Acts. And, and the garden, Adam was put out of the garden. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, those who did not receive the sign of circumcision would be sort of cut off. Right. They cut off. That's a good point, Pastor. Yeah, there was a purpose, you know. The question is, what does it take to save to save God's people? Okay, 
and he he was faced with that 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 was part of the plan to do it and then uh, it's not like he suffered vicariously right we suffered with him vicariously yeah but he suffered physically and he did that because it was part of the plan there was an end game to it there was an end game to it well, where were we doing that? We suffered too. So what, what's the difference between a martyr? We have, we have records of missionaries, right? Who suffered. And back in the days, uh, uh, during the first century, even before that, uh, you know, the stoning of, the, of Stephen, uh, other martyrs after that, they were, they were burned at the stake. They were burned in the cross, right? And everything. So what's the difference? That goes to what Pastor Desmond uh, points, uh, pointed out. That this suffering, uh, the magnitude of it is, is far different than what we would suffer. But there is similarity, okay? There is association and there is connection. But his suffering was unique to him, okay? <clears throat> Martyrs, missionaries, we suffered, right? But if you were to point it out, if you were to point, we talked about this before, what's the difference, right? What would be the main difference between a martyr, a missionary that goes out, you know? Uh, you might have known a specific incident. Think about those, a specific missionary that you follow. Think about those. Did you hear that? Yeah. Again. far as the result is concerned or the purpose there but as far as the uh, the nature of the suffering uh, Lucy hit it in the nose there right remember the difference okay uh, that that we have we as sinners uh, are uh, the consequence of the sin what was the biggest consequence of the sin that we have uh, the wrath of God right the anger of God towards sin so <clears throat> the, the the missionaries the martyrs okay did not experience the dreadful wrath of God dreadful wrath of God either against his own or against the sins of many the entire punishment of which was inflicted upon the Son of God as Isaiah said he was stricken and smitten of of God for our sins so we say then to the, to the difference, the difference that uh, they did not feel the martyrs, the anger of God piercing and wounding them, okay? So, uh, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. As a martyr, as a missionary, you have this consolation, though. Okay. That that you, as what Lucy has pointed out, that you have, you feel like you are with God. The 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 consolation or the. Uh, the effect of salvation, the effect of your fellowship with Christ is there, in which case that gives you perhaps uh, some level of power, some feeling of don't 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 make uh, don't think of me as weird. Some feeling of joy, right? It's not happiness, that joy of suffering for Christ, right? In a way, because of that salvation that you receive. Because you are now a son of God doing his work. And part of this work is suffering. Okay? So, <clears throat> questions on that? Okay? So, our take is that there's a difference between Christ's suffering and the suffering of the martyrs. The satisfaction, therefore, let me just uh, quote Orsinus here about that which Christ made, or the suffering which he endured, differs from the torments of others. In form, Christ felt and endured, both in body and soul, the entire wrath of God, which no one else has ever experienced. Okay. The cause, the forceful cause, Christ suffered not for his own sins, but for the sins of others. And the final cause, which is the end, the passion of Christ, is the ransom and only propitiatory uh, sacrifice for our sins, the sufferings of others do not partake of this character, but are merely punishments or trials or attestations to the truth of the gospel. Okay? Okay. Okay. Second point is that did he suffer both in his humanity and divinity. Okay. What do you think? Did both natures suffer? Should be confident in the answers now. <laughs> Remember the impassibility of God. Okay, let's put that in our heads. Right? Nail that down. Stamp it. Be firm with it. The divine, God in his divine nature cannot suffer, okay? It's impossible. He's perfect. He has no potential. That's our reasoning, okay? So therefore, the answer is uh, uh, not according to both natures. Not according to both natures. But according to the human nature only, okay? But who can read Acts 20, 28? Read Acts twenty twenty eight. Anybody just What's the point there? God, right? We talk of divinity. God, which he obtained according to his own blood. Blood 
signifies suffering. So how do you explain that? Okay. There might be objections of this because there are other passages where they says God, uh, God, you know, uh, died on the cross. Some, something to that effect. I don't have, but this one is a, a, a very good proof text of that. Okay. What do you say of that? Uh, it, it's kind of you approach it from the point of logic. You know, it's like. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, let me just read it. So, um, again, uh, the divine nature, which they all share, all the members of the Trinity, persons of the Trinity, uh, is immutable, impassable, immortal, and uh, it is life itself. Like it cannot die, right? So that's firm. We shouldn't waver on that. But he suffered in such a manner, Christ, according to his humanity, that by his passion and death he satisfied for the sins of men. The divine nature sustained the humanity. It upholds the humanity. Okay, In the sorrows and pains which he endured and raised it when dead unto life, being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Okay? So, although there, uh, both natures is apparent in Christ, it's, let's, it's like saying, this is just a nutshell, nutshell like, uh, okay, like the story in the uh, the temple, okay. When he when he said, "Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up again." You see the play there between the humanity and the divinity. Both uh, both uh, uh, nature are kind of interplaying there, right? Destroy this temple. Okay, that's talking about his humanity, and then in three days, I will raise it up again. Okay, you see the point there? And then, I am he that liveth and was dead, dead, humanity, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Okay? So you, you back then probably pe people are puzzled. They were puzzled, right? Even the Pharisees, he was talking to. I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it up again. Oh, what is that? Okay? So... <clears throat> So his humanity may suffer, but the one upholding everything else is the divinity, okay? I don't know exactly how that plays off, whether all three of them or just the, the, the divine nature of, of Christ uh, is at play as well. Okay, it's like saying, uh, it's like saying, this might break down in explanation, but I'm just trying to explain how that works out, is that, okay, uh, it's like uh, my hand picks up the glass, right? It's my hand. So in, in, you could look at it as, as the human uh, Christ picking up the hand. But then I could also say, I picked up the water. Okay? Meaning my nature, my, my, my whole being. Okay? God 
sort of picked up the water, okay, and then you could say Christ also picked up the water. Does that make sense? I, I know that will break down. Okay, there's a nature and there's a concrete thing. The concrete thing is Christ in his human nature, but the nature, uh, the, the abstract thing, God as a divine, also was in the, uh, at play there. Go ahead. Yeah. Praise be the Lord. That's all you could do. Does that make sense? Okay. It might become material to you when when you're doing apologetics, when people challenges you. Okay. If 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 if, if God, it'll probably attack the the. The existence of God or the nature it will probably come that way. This question, you know, if God is uh, perfect and God said, "Why did He suffer?" Right? But He's not. It's not as easy as that. So you go into this, and the way Orsinus uh, explained that is that there's concrete and abstract. Concrete. This is his own explanation. Is Christ or human nature doing it? But the abstract is is God, also was uh, in there, uh, you can refer him, but the one suffering was Christ, as, as, as uh, what Tim explained. There's a logic behind this that it can be explained, but, uh, okay, questions? Have you ever come across challenges like that in your life? Uh, any interaction you have? Okay, anyway. Okay, very good. So you will come across that kind of objections or challenges, but just be prepared. Uh, can be explained. So, um, okay. 
So we come to the third point here, what are the causes, okay? What uh, compelled God to do this and what was the end result, okay? For us, it's like, okay, we know this, okay? Now we might not have a prepared explanation for it, but in our abstract mind, we kind of know this, okay? So explain, what was the cause, what compelled God to, to do this to his son, okay? And what was the end result? You have to articulate this to somebody. Why? The question is why. We know this, okay? 3.16, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he, 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 that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world, okay? He loved his people. I won't go into that, but he loves his, his, his people that he gave his only begotten son. So, one is the compassion of God towards those who are uh, fallen. Okay. According to his mercy, Titus 3, he saved us. According to his mercy. Okay. Uh, the desire, the purpose of God to uh, uh, repair the injury of what happened in the Garden uh, of Eden. Okay, to restore things, okay, restore things, because when it was, when all things broke uh, into chaos, we suffered, okay, he knows our suffering, it's not just, punish that, that's that, okay, you deserve that, go, go, live your life, no, he, he has compassion for us, okay, even if uh, we did, uh, we did the wrong thing. That's why we can say he is faithful to forgive when we come and confess to him, right? It is our own doing. As a human people, uh, human, we might have a tendency to tell others, ah, oh, he deserved that. Especially if, if the injury was done to ourselves. You know, we see it on TV all the time. He should die, die in prison. He should have the capital punishment, right? Especially if it was done to you, done to your character. And all of this was done to God. We, we disobeyed. But no, he had compassion. How does that happen? Why can't I have that? Why can't I have that? Somebody injured me, right? I get angry at my children and say they disobeyed and everything. Uh, this part of me is more after, after uh, I, I let loose of my... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, hurt self, like, ah, I'm sorry, you know. So we have a glimpse of that. But this is a father, God, who has perfect love. Our love for our son, our love for our fellow man is not perfect. So how much more he would have compassion over, over us. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so what's the end result? Two things. You can categorize them in two things, and that the end result of Christ's suffering and all these things that God has planned is one, is uh, uh, revelation, manifestation of the love, mercy, and justice of God. Okay, we know this. Let's uh, try to uh, form some statements or articulate that themselves, okay? Uh, the revelation, manifestation of the love, mercy, and justice of God. 
Okay, when, when Christ suffered and he came out of that suffering, we see the justice of God. Okay? And we see his mercy. We see his love. And then the other one is... Uh, uh, the salvation of man. Okay? Two things you, you have to do. Put that in your category. From God's side and from our side. You see it? Okay. From God's side, the glory of God. That's one of the uh, 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 end result, the purpose, is the fruit. Because oftentimes we spout out a lot of the benefits. That, those are true, but you can categorize it. Okay. And both are true. One from God's side. He revealed to us all his glory is now seen in Christ, right? In Christ. His love, his mercy, his justice. Okay? His justice is seen there. He dealt with the sin. He didn't just tuck it under the rug. It had to be dealt. But then, you know, there is victory. When you deal with the sin, it was death. We thought that was the final. Okay? And it was supposed to be death. And it is death. It has somebody has to die. And then there was victory. Okay? So, <clears throat> from our side, there was salvation. So, uh, two chief final causes. The glory of God and our salvation. The knowledge of the greatness of sin pertains to the former. The greatness of sin pertains to the justice of God. Okay, that resulting, His love and mercy revealed to us the greatness of our sin, the gravity of our sin. But then, our justification belongs to the, to the second cause, our salvation, which we see all the benefits, and ultimately we will be with the Father. Okay? Hence, we know that death is not hurtful to the godly, and is therefore not to be feared. We were just talking about death. I forgot where it was. And then it's always that, that sadness, right? Somebody died this morning and grievous. And then I reflected on me like, death, if you were in Christ, right? If you know the Christ is, uh, is, is not a dreadful thing uh, from a perspective, okay? Christ grieved as well, so we must grieve. But there is this other aspect of death in the grand scheme of things. So it made me remember uh, Philippians, right? Where was that in Philippians? Uh, Philippians 1, go there, 21 to 26. <clears throat> I will end with this. Okay. Anybody, loud voice, nice phrasing.
so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Okay. So there is that. There is a perspective in death that is not so grievous. And in the grand scheme of things, I hope to, I hope and pray to God that I will have that perspective at all times. That death, our our Christ, our 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 hero, one who loves us, died. Uh, both in agony in the hope of joy afterwards okay questions final ones reflections comments okay thank you heavenly father it is our desire to uh to glorify you triune god father son and holy spirit that in our humanity father we, we may have uh, passed on the different things that are so beautiful that Christ our Lord has done for us that uh, help us understand fully the extent of his suffering let us not uh, please let us not continue to to just see it as uh, pure suffering, but uh, that there is glory uh, in what He has done, Father. Give us the whole picture of, uh, of, of the passion of Christ, Father, and help us co communicate, communicate this well to those who are looking. We thank you so much for your scripture. We thank you so much for those people that came ahead of us, that taught the good doctrine, Father doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.